1: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening. Thanks for joining us. I'm Colleen Christie. Chris and Sophie are off tonight. Reaction is pouring in following the city of Surrey's proposed property tax hike. Some residents could be on the hook for hundreds of dollars more this year. The mayor says it's largely because of the city's transition to the police service. But as Catherine Urquhart reports, others say the numbers don't add up.
3: Surrey's mayor has told taxpayers to brace for a possible double-digit property tax increase, noting the average homeowner might see a jump of 17.5%.
4: When politicians announce a double-digit tax hike, it's a slap in the face to taxpayers who are struggling so much with affordability and the cost of living right now.
3: Reaction followed Brenda Locke announcing the draft budget over the long weekend. It is uh,
5: certainly not a budget that I am happy to deliver, but it is a budget that we have to deliver. Locke says there is a 9.5%
3: increase if the RCMP are maintained as police of jurisdiction and the Surrey Police Service folds. A 7% increase is proposed to cover inflation and city operations. There's a 1% increase for roads and traffic
4: costs that should be attributed to the Surrey RCMP apparently are now being uh, attributed to SPS and I think that uh, this is the net result of having partisan politics involved in uh, very partisan public safety and so I think that there has to be a reckoning and I think that reckoning should be an independent audit.
3: Surrey's mayor says council
5: is opting for the huge tax hike over making cuts. We didn't want to take away, we didn't want to do those things that would take away from children and families and youth. We wanted to see all the amenities that were planned.
4: We need the politicians at the city of Surrey to be going line by line through this budget proposal looking for other places they can trim fat. When governments need to raise revenue, increasing taxes, well, that's the easy way out.
3: A finance committee meeting is set for March 6th, at which time the public can comment on the draft budget. Meanwhile, a decision on the future of policing in Surrey remains undetermined by the province, meaning the final cost to Surrey taxpayers is largely uncertain. Catherine Urquhart, Global News.
2: And Keith Baldy joins us live from Victoria with an update. Keith, where are we at when it comes to the Surrey Police Service and all the back and forth that's been going on?
6: Yeah, just got an update today. So a few weeks ago, the Public Safety Ministry asked Surrey Council, Surrey RSMP, and Surrey Police Services for more information. A lot of gaps, a lot of blanks had to be filled in. Those reports arrived at the ministry late last week. So that's the good news. We're, again, progressing along. Those reports are now in the hands of officials in the ministry. They're going to be studying them further. They may ask for even more information, but my last conversation with Solicitor General Mike Farmer says he wants to get this thing done and over with. I'm not sure exactly which direction they're going to go, but he's talking about a decision in a matter of weeks, not months. So the end is in sight.
2: Thanks so much, Keith. All
6: right.
2: As the family day-long weekend wraps up, the travel story for travel nightmares is there almost aren't any. Aside from a computer problem late this afternoon affecting B.C. ferries passengers leaving Swartz Bay, the Monday trip back home has been surprisingly uneventful for most. Demondi reports.
7: Weather on a trip back home.
8: We've only been in line like, for like, like 30 minutes. Maybe, yeah, 23 30. 20, 30. Minutes. And on Friday, we were, or Saturday, we we're here for three
6: hours. I we're from Washington. Viva Sweet.
7: America! Or an impromptu adventure to Canada. We're going up there to get Putin. Those braving the northbound Peace Arch border crossing at the end of a long weekend arrive to find relatively manageable wait times. Yeah, it's, it's pretty short. How long have you been in line for? Maybe 10 minutes. Are you pleasantly surprised about this? Yeah. Surprised because usually on a holiday Monday, slow-going travelers are more likely to be sarcastically laughing off frustrations.
1: It's not real fun.
7: (laughs) The end of family day long weekends saw steady BC ferries traffic, but nothing any seasoned island traveler would write home about. PERHAPS THE BIGGEST INDICATION OF THE STRANGE TRAVEL DAY WAS THE LACK OF ANY BRAKE LIGHTS ON HIGHWAY ONE, HEADING TO THE NORTH SHORE OR DRIVING WEST THROUGH THE FRASER VALLEY. BACK AT THE BORDER, SMILING FROM EAR TO EAR, THIS TRAVELER HAS HIS THEORY FOR WHY PEOPLE STAYED HOME. Mm, I'm, I'M HERE but ABOUT 25 MINUTES. WERE YOU SURPRISED? NOT REALLY, NO.
1: LOOK AT THE WEATHER. <laughs> The weather is not that great.
7: While others may point to factors like high gas prices and the cost of everyday living as motivation to stay off the roads. Emadagahi, Global News.
2: No, the weather is not that great. And a heads up for the potential of gusty evening winds around Metro Vancouver and the Southern Gulf Islands. The wind is already blowing around Crofton and Duncan where trees have come down on power lines. BC Hydro is warning that the weather could lead to more power outages throughout the evening. We definitely have uh, crews ramped up as well as our contractor crews. We know that there are the potential for outages
4: here on the Lower Mainland and on Vancouver Island. So we do have people ready in the right places right now with the right equipment to ensure that we can respond as quickly as possible.
2: And meteorologist Yvonne Schell joins us now. Yvonne, when is the wind going to pick up more widely and which
9: areas could see power outages? Most areas along the south coast will be the the areas of concern this evening. We're already starting to see it very windy at times. Gusts out of the southern regions of the island have picked up over 60, even Metro Vancouver out of the airport, closer to 50 kilometres per hour. Here's a quick glance at our current winds that we're seeing, Victoria, up to 60 kilometres per hour. And then as we get in late this evening, it will still intensify the concern along the southern regions we will see gusts of up to 50 kilometers per hour and areas for metro vancouver could see them up to 70 and 90 kilometers per hour they'll ease off as we get in through the day for tomorrow but still some of the winds for the early morning hours for back to work and school will be closer to 40 so along the western regions of the island victoria some of the stronger winds and for metro vancouver will continue to track it overnight tonight before we start to see a break we have lots of active weather with a significant amount of snow for the interior that coming up very shortly Colleen all right thanks Yvonne
2: the latest gun violence on Vancouver's downtown east side has some businesses calling on the city and police to do more to clean up the area as Kamal Karamali reports they say if conditions don't improve their future in the neighborhood is uncertain
10: a shooting in broad daylight, shaking up Chinatown Sunday, gunfire tearing through East Hastings Street between Maine and Columbia mid-afternoon. A 31-year-old shot multiple times, expected to survive. Officers chased after a shooter who was taken down, steps away from Perry Lamb's clothing store.
4: Pender to Main Street was all blocked off, already taped off. Uh, you seen probably like five or six cops with their guns drawn. Police say
10: it's a miracle no one else was hurt. The sad part is, it's like, you know, it's kind of a semi-reoccurrence happening in the area. Did you think not again? Uh, Pretty well, yeah. It's a sentiment being shared by many business owners here. The city promised a new, improved Chinatown. Uh, The motion passes unanimously. with Council approving nearly a million dollars for upgrades in January, including security and cleanup programs. Thank you for not giving up on Chinatown. Ottawa also chipping in nearly $2 million. Io No Cafe located inside an office building.
8: On a list here, they, it used to be full. And now we're seeing it sit at a 25 to 30% capacity.
10: Where companies are moving out fast. A lot of offices are leaving specifically due to safety concerns and that unfortunately makes our business less sustainable. The building has splurged to pay for its own security guards. This couple has seen some positive changes in the neighbourhood so far this year. More cleaning, fewer tents, but still too much trouble brewing on the streets. And if you don't see the change you want... We're probably most
8: likely going to move.
10: This electric scooter shop stuck in the same predicament.
11: No, we won't renew our lease if the crime stays the same. We need to see some changes.
10: That change not happening quick enough. This latest incident, believed to have started among a number of tents on East Hastings Street, the suspect arrested a man in his 30s from Alberta. But for business owners, it's another incident they worry will repeat itself over and over until many storefronts are sitting empty. Kamal Karamali, Global News.
2: Advocates for inclusion are feeling excluded after a Fraser Valley University refused to host one of their events. An LGBTQ2 support group says it has previously held events at the school. But as Grace Key reports, it seems the group is no longer welcome on campus.
12: There's been an outpouring of support for 1TWU after Trinity Western University denied the LGBTQ group to hold a storytelling event on campus despite
7: hosting them for the past eight years. This year we were told that things have changed, um, that the event did not line up with the school's evangelical values, and so They rejected our event um, from happening on campus.
12: One TWU is made up of students and alumni, but it's not part of the official student society. In a December meeting, a co-leader says she was told by an administrator that the event was not in line with evangelical values and external group events were no longer permitted. Posters for support services also not allowed. This isn't about
4: a political statement. This isn't about religious freedom. It's about making sure that queer students and queer students are everywhere that they have the services that they need, which do not exist on campus at the moment.
12: The event is about students and alumni sharing stories of being LGBTQ plus at Trinity Western. The university has not responded to requests for an interview.
4: But it's unfortunate that, you know, Trinity is making this decision to not permit us to hold this event on campus but doesn't really seem to be owning it. And it makes me think because they might have some self-awareness that what they're doing is discriminatory.
7: They're the ones that love religious freedom, that love free speech. And this kind of decision shows that they're not committed to that. Um, they're not committed to the diversity of thought that they so, so want in their students, the critical thinking that they teach. Um, and so it's just a sign of hypocrisy.
12: The Stories Night event is now being held March 3rd at Fort Langley Community Hall. Grace Key, Global News.
2: As if it wasn't already bad enough. Just two weeks after that massive earthquake on the Turkey-Syria border, another big tremor. This one, 6.4, leaving more in terror and more dead. We talked to a Vancouver woman on the ground in Turkey dealing with her own tragedy and trying to help in just over a minute. It's a convenient and green solution to intra-city commuting. Now the push for the federal government to commit to high-speed rail and...
10: It would mean a lot for people with the disease.
2: A University of Saskatchewan drug trial for an Alzheimer's treatment advances to the next phase. Those stories coming up on the News Hour. Another powerful earthquake has struck near the Turkey-Syria border just two weeks after a massive quake killed tens of thousands. At least three more are dead and hundreds more injured. A Vancouver woman who lost a shocking number of family members in the original disaster is in Turkey now and experiencing the fear firsthand. Ramina Dea has more.
13: No mercy for the people of Turkey and Syria. The ground violently shaking again after a 6.4 magnitude earthquake struck the Turkish town of Defne in the southern province of Hatay just after 8 local time Monday night.
14: Everybody else uh, screamed and shouted and everyone scared. And I'm scared too.
13: Nurul Simboltepe just landed in Turkey from Vancouver. She lost 16 relatives, including her brother and a 10-month-old nephew in the catastrophic quake earlier this month, which killed more than 44,000 people in Turkey and Syria.
14: I am feeling scared, but I'm feeling scared for the children who've been crying for the last hour, and I'm feeling a little anxious about my... 8-year-old, 10-year-old um, niece and nephew who are 30 kilometers away. I wish I was with them. Simbultepe, who's in
13: Arsus helping family, gave away her only tent to someone who needed it more. She says it's cold, but people are sleeping outside because they're terrified to be indoors.
14: And some people are cursing and saying, I'm sick and tired of this. When is it going to stop? The building when, where I was earlier is not damaged. Um, And I hope there isn't a bigger one to come tonight.
13: More than 30 aftershocks rocked the region after Monday's quake. Roads severely damaged, buildings crumbled, people trapped under the rubble. Symbultipay pleading with Canadians to do what they can to help and to not abandon her homeland.
14: It's going to take many, many years to build this region. Uh, People are going to need a lot of money, a lot of support to build up this region. Right now, nobody cares about what money's coming. Everybody's worried about saving their lives.
13: Romina Dea, Global
2: News. Still to come, the war-caused housing crunch.
15: Refugees not having a place to stay, trying to find them a hotel, discovering the shelter beds in the city are full.
2: Those helping Ukrainians settle on Vancouver Island say there's nowhere for them to live. And just days before the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the U.S. president makes an unprecedented trip to Kyiv. What he's promising the war-torn nation, next.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you wanna tell people the big news?
2: President Joe Biden made a surprise visit to Ukraine today where he met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky and offered more military and humanitarian aid. Biden also pledged to stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes to defeat Russian aggression. Drew Petromo reports.
4: Air raid sirens blared as Presidents Biden and Zelensky walked the streets of Kiev, the two men visiting the Wall of Remembrance that honors fallen Ukrainian soldiers.
11: I thought it was critical
15: that... There would not be any doubt, none whatsoever, about U.S. support for Ukraine in their war against the brutal attack
4: by Russia. During the visit, President Biden announcing $500 million in new aid to Ukraine for ammunition, weapons, surveillance systems, and to bolster energy infrastructure that's been a constant target of Russian attacks. American
9: society, being from the very beginning of this,
7: from the very beginning of this full-scale war from the been together with us.
4: The president visiting war zone required months of meticulous planning. NBC News correspondent Jay Gray is on the border of Ukraine and Poland with more on how the White House pulled it off. And, Drew, we're learning a lot more about the president's secret trip to Kyiv now after the transatlantic flight on Air Force One. The White House says he took a 10-hour train ride to get to Ukraine. We also know from U.S. officials that there was coordination between the Kremlin and White House ahead of the president's trip. Russian media is reporting uh, that President Putin himself guaranteed that there would be no strikes while President Biden was on the ground in Kyiv, The visit comes just days before the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion, and as Russia pushes forward with a grinding new offensive. Back at home, some far-right members of Congress criticizing the visit. But President Biden made a point to reassure Zelensky that bipartisan support for Ukraine remains strong. Tomorrow, President Biden will speak from Poland, aiming to rally continued support for Ukraine's defense. Also tomorrow, President Putin is expected to deliver a hawkish speech from Russia, providing a stark contrast between two leaders in an increasingly polarized world. Reporting from Washington, I'm Drew Petromo, Global News.
2: A Ukrainian community group on Vancouver Island is making an urgent plea for host families. The volunteer group Help Ukraine Vancouver Island says it's seeing a rise in the number of OF REFUGEES ARRIVING AND NEEDS HELP FINDING THEM HOUSING. KYLIE STANTON HAS MORE.
15: THIS IS UKRAINIAN VILLAGE TRANSITION HOUSE
8: WHERE APPROXIMATELY 13 FAMILIES LIVE AT ANY GIVEN TIME. INSIDE THERE'S A KITCHEN, a SHARED LIVING SPACE AND LAUNDRY WHILE OUTSIDE BICYCLES LINE THE PROPERTY. AND THE FREEDOM THAT COMES WITH THAT IS UNSPEAKABLE. IT'S HARD TO BELIEVE THIS TIME LAST YEAR NONE OF IT EVEN EXISTED. I mean, the past year has been completely surreal. Since Russia invaded Ukraine, Carmen McNamara has helped house 398 families on Vancouver Island. That's a total of 915 refugees.
14: Yeah, it totally works.
8: Jana Kolesnik was one of them.
14: It's really important to find the place where you can just to
8: start your life from scratch. But as the war wears on, the need only continues
15: to grow. We've gone from seeing approximately 10 or so people per week coming every week that we were able to, you know, fit into our systems and help. And last week we had 61
8: the mounting pressure stems from the looming expiration of Ottawa's immigration program, providing people fleeing Ukraine with a visa to stay in Canada for up to three years. Despite calls for the federal government to extend the program, the deadline to apply is March 31st.
15: And so what that means in practical terms is that people are scrambling.
8: With no shelter spaces available and hotels too pricey to fund, the volunteer-run group is now issuing an urgent plea for accommodation
15: whether that is a spare bedroom whether that is a basement suite that you can let someone live in for a couple of months whether that is a second home that you would consider letting people use that's the first thing we need is just some stability for
8: people donations will also go a long way ensuring no one is left on the streets the way McNamara sees it they've been through enough
15: We need to take an active stand in the same way that our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents did. And I believe that it is our
8: responsibility to to act. Kelly Stanton, Global News, Victoria.
2: Coming up, a groundbreaking Canadian-made therapy for Alzheimer's disease enters its second phase of testing. Also, the potential end to free returns for online purchases and why consumers are to blame. And the Canadian collaboration that has Terry Fox run t-shirts flying off the shelves. Those stories next.
9: Pink Shirt Day reminds us all to be kind, to lift each other up, to speak up for those who don't have a voice. The CKNW Kids Fund Pink Shirt Day, presented by Global BC and 980 CKNW. Visit our online store at pinkshirtday.ca.
4: the stories we need to know, to a
1: look at what's happening right now around us. When BC needs to connect, BC turns to the source that brings us together. Global News Connect.
2: There is a growing political movement to build a high-speed train between two of Canada's biggest cities, Quebec, CITY, AND TORONTO. OTTAWA HAS COMMITTED TO INCREASING TRAIN FREQUENCY ON THE BUSY CORRIDOR, BUT SOME SAY ANYTHING LESS THAN A HIGH-SPEED TRAIN IS A WASTE OF TAXPAYERS' MONEY. GLOBAL'S
1: TIM SARGENT HAS MORE. THEY'RE A COMMON SIGHT IN MANY EUROPEAN AND ASIAN COUNTRIES. REACHING SPEEDS IN EXCESS OF 300 KILOMETERS AN HOUR, High-speed trains are fast, viable options for millions of passengers. The political push to build one in Canada is now gaining speed. There's a lot of momentum in the right direction for high-speed rail, so we're trying to keep that momentum going. Craig Sauvé is one of two Montreal city councillors who has tabled a motion, calling on the federal government to build a high-speed train between Quebec City and Toronto. We can do this, and it's a question of political will. The federal government has already committed to increasing the frequency of rail service and shave off some travel time for passengers but high-speed trains running between montreal and toronto for instance could revolutionize travel the distance between the two cities is more than 500 kilometers with speeds of up to 300 kilometers an hour the total time of the trip could take less than three hours we raised our hand and we said it makes all the sense in the world on that corridor to do high-speed. Alstom, which has high-speed trains running in 25 countries, is in talks with the federal government on the possibilities of building a new rail service on the Canadian corridor. The North American president says a new high-frequency and high-speed train could be combined into one. Uh, That's something that can be arranged, so we don't need to put speed and frequency and oppose them. They are actually something we can do together. The president says the Canadian landscape is ideal and high-speed trains would be all-electric, making them a greener way to travel. It's good economically, it's good technically, and it's good uh, from an environmental standpoint. But some members of Montreal's business community worry about the costs, which could be in the tens of billions of
6: dollars. We need to have a current number. We need to know what we're getting our feet into. And I will say... We might decide this time it's the good time, or we we could decide it's not now.
1: Many are just hoping the time is right now to put high-speed rail service on track. Tim Sargent, Global News, Montreal.
2: The pandemic boosted the popularity of online shopping. That came at a big price and logistical headache for retailers. Already, some are getting rid of their free return policy. But as Anne Gabiola explains, some Canadian companies are offering wallet-friendly green alternatives.
5: ONLINE SHOPPING, GONE OVERBOARD. RETAIL EXPERTS SAY THEY'RE SEEING BRACKET BUYING WHERE CUSTOMERS UNSURE OF THEIR SIZE BUY A FEW
13: OPTIONS AND RETURN THE REST. FOR EXAMPLE, I'M A SIZE SIX IN SHOES. Uh, SO IF I WERE A BRACKET BUYER, WHAT I WOULD DO IS BUY BOTH SIZE FIVE, SIZE SIX, AS WELL AS SIZE SEVEN, JUST IN CASE.
5: IT IS A LOGISTICAL HEADACHE FOR MERCHANTS. IT LEADS TO A LOT OF WASTE AND A GREATER CARBON FOOTPRINT especially for fast fashion items, many of which end up in the landfill.
14: Typically the cheaper, faster, fast fashion pieces, um,
0: the actual cost of the human to restock that piece is more than the value of the actual item.
5: A recent survey of online retailers shows more than 40% of merchants say shipping prices are their biggest challenge. More than a third expect that challenge to continue this year. That's led retailers including Abercrombie and & Fitch and Uniqlo to start charging for online returns. Is this a sign the era of free returns is coming to an end? Time will tell, but Canadian solutions have emerged. Return Bear partnered with the Bay in January to offer customers the option to return items in centrally located drop boxes. If they want to ship the item for a return, there's a streamlined experience for mailing it back.
13: A lot of the retailers we're working with now have you know, upwards of 20 to 30 percent of their inventory and sales getting returned back. Uh, and so that's really what the... Um... The crux of the problem is...
5: Good for Sunday is a small Canadian clothing manufacturer. Founder Anthony Kendris saw the need for a homegrown solution to help small businesses struggling to handle returns.
7: We match a customer that wants to return an item with the next one in line that wants to buy it, completely removing a shipping trip.
5: Greener, more efficient solutions exist and are starting to gain traction, but at the heart of it all is overconsumption because it's convenient.
3: We buy 60% more clothes
0: today than we did 20 years ago, And we only keep our clothes for half as long as we used to.
5: Anne Gaviola, Global News, Toronto.
2: Staying on the topic of clothing for a moment, Vancouver's own Ryan Reynolds has helped design the T-shirt for this year's Terry Fox run. Reynolds posted a selfie on Twitter of him wearing the shirt. The design was inspired by the countless messages Terry received from the millions of people he continues to inspire. The back of the shirt shows actual letters received by Fox. The Terry Fox Foundation says it's launching a pre-sale due to the overwhelming demand. The Canadian actor says he's been taking part in the run to raise money and awareness about cancer since he was in grade two. This year's run is scheduled for September 17th. A groundbreaking therapy for Alzheimer's disease is entering its second phase of testing. Researchers at the University of Saskatchewan have developed a drug which would stabilize cognitive function in the brain. 100 patients will take part in this next stage. Phase 1 results have been promising, with one professor saying 86% of those tested with the drug had stabilized cognitive function.
10: It would mean a lot for people with the disease, and if you could stabilize their cognitive function, it means you know, a much uh, better lifestyle, uh, much better daily activity, functions, and all these things for the patients.
2: Patients will be administered the drug three times a week for one year. Researchers will monitor the efficacy before moving on to a third phase. 1,001 Fondues brand cheese has been recalled due to a listeria contamination. The recalled fondue cheese was sold in B.C., Quebec, Ontario and Nova Scotia. Food contaminated with listeria may not look or smell spoiled, but if eaten, will cause symptoms including vomiting, nausea, fever, muscle aches and severe headache. Consumers are advised not to consume the recalled product and to either throw it out or return it to where it was purchased. Yvonne is here next with proof that it is still winter and no complaints about winter weather for those who took advantage of this family day on Big White. Next. And the story of a young hockey player learning the ropes with a little help from his friends. Today marks the 10th anniversary of Family Day here in BC, and with many enjoying a day off, Big White Ski Resort saw some of its biggest crowds of the season. And as Jaden Wozni reports, that's providing an economic boost for more than just the resort. Happy Happy Family family
11: day. Day! To celebrate Family Day, many powder seekers used their day off to shred down over 30 centimeters of fresh snow that fell overnight at Big White.
10: I think it's probably going to be the best day of the year today.
11: Yeah, man, can't get much better than this. We're almost a foot of freshie on top today, so we're we're loving it out here. For some, getting to spend family day at Big White with their loved ones has become a tradition. Oh, man, it's such a good vibe. I do this every family day weekend, come here with my friends and family, and, and do a good three days here at Big White. Meanwhile, for others, getting to explore Big White for the first time provided a nice change of scenery.
15: Our home hill is sunshine and it's fun to kind of explore and get to know another hill. So it's been great. Hey, babe? I think it's great that you get to spend it with your family.
11: For the past two Family Day weekends, the crowds at Big White were smaller because of COVID restrictions as well as travel restrictions in B.C. due to flooding in the fall of 2021. This
6: year, though, it's a different story. This will be our busiest 10 days of the season. It's busier than Christmas and New Year's and it's really a marketer's dream. There's a lot of happy,
11: happy people today. Senior Vice President of Big White, Michael Ballingall, says this weekend isn't just providing an economic boost to the resort, but also to the central Okanagan
6: as a whole. We've been full for about a month and a half here on the mountain, so we started to fill up a lot of the hotels and Airbnbs down in the valley. There's a lot of people here in the resort for the first time, mainly from Vancouver and Washington State. And it really puts a smile on our face because we haven't seen a lot of those type of tourists here for two or three years. Jaden Wozney, Global News.
2: Yvonne is here with the forecast. And Yvonne, I love to see snow on the mountain, (laughs) which is where it should stay.
9: Just on the mountain, right? Fresh snow for the skiers as well. A bit of a change on the way. We've got a blip in the forecast. We could actually see some flurries uh, for us across the lower mainland. And I'll have that coming up in just a moment. Bit of a break in the action right now from the rainfall. But we'll still see the potential this evening before it really does start to ease off by tomorrow. But the big weather story once again will be the winds. We have seen some of those gusts, areas near Victoria, close to 50 kilometres per hour. And there is the chance, especially along the western edge of the island, we could see some of those gusts of up to 100 kilometres per hour. That's where we have the wind warning. Metro Vancouver underneath the special weather statement. We've got heavy rain for the Fraser Valley. We could see up to 50 millimetres. And there's snow across the central interior and along the mountain passes. Some of the heaviest snowfall still falling this evening. Along the mountain passes, you'll want to check in with drivebc.ca for the latest road conditions. But the winter storm warning for the Coquihalla, between 10 and 15 centimetres. Allison Pass and Kootenay Pass, with tomorrow even an additional 5 and 10. So still a significant amount of snow that is falling along the mountain passes. Now, a look ahead in the coming days. Even as early as tomorrow, we are going to see those temperatures drop off. Central interior, this cold Arctic air, is settling in across the province. We'll have overnight lows into the minus 20s. For Metro Vancouver, we'll see some of the coldest days Wednesday and leading in towards the beginning of the weekend, and that could give us the potential for some flurries. Now, the northern half of the province will We'll see a much-needed break tomorrow. Central interior, also that flurry activity and snowfall eases off. It's higher elevations for the southern interior that will still track that snowfall into the morning hours and along the island and the lower mainland. We are going to see a breezy morning. Still some of those winds of gusts of up to 40. Some showers in the mix, heading out to work and school in the morning hours. Wednesday, Colleen, it could be cold enough that we could see some flurries. And then Thursday, Friday breaks in there. But chilly in the coming days, so stay tuned. And tonight's weather window... There's a significant amount of snow that's been in the central interior. Deca Lake, Sharon sent this, this one. This is close to 100 miles. It's a great creative shot, showing us the snowfall and measuring it as well. Colleen? And I like the dog. Yeah.
2: All right. Thanks so much, Yvonne. Uh, of course, it's not just humans who got to enjoy this family day holiday in the snow. A herd of deer in Williams Lake appeared to us well. Nine of them frolicking on a hill next to the hospital. Global viewer Bev Straza recorded this video this morning. She says the annual, the animals rather, were on her usual route to work, so she took a detour so that she wouldn't disturb them on their family day fun. Look love at it. Them, isn't that love it, Colleen? Gorgeous, I know. Love it, Colleen. But I wonder if. Uh, I wonder if Squire's out enjoying the weather somewhere because we've got Double J in for sports tonight.
6: Yeah, Squire got the day off. A hey, um, Colleen, some of the world's top free ride skiers were in Golden, BC this weekend. Wait till you see what Whistler teenager Marcus Gogan got up to.
11: Clean? Is he going to be able to hold on, Marcus Gogan? A quick redirect into the backflip, Marcus Gogan, clean unbelievable
6: yeah gogan's a go-getter and then some will show you where he placed on the world podium just hit in sports sounds good
2: and being the new kid on the rink isn't easy but wait until you see how one young goalie is getting by with a little help from his friends next Chase here with sports, and welcome back from Burns Lake.
6: We have to give a special shout-out and a thank you to the people of the Lake Babine Nation and Burns Lake, the host of the BC Hockey League Roadshow, Sam and Arm and Prince George Spruce King, splitting a pair of games. But the elders, the community was just wonderful. So thank you to Chief uh, Murphy Abraham and everybody from Lake Babine Nation. We absolutely loved visiting Burns Lake.
4: That's fabulous. It was awesome. Good yeah. for you. And a
6: great dinner, too, on Friday. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> sports now. The Vancouver Whitecaps are back home after spending the last few weeks down in Palm Desert and they finally got their man. The uh, deal for striker Sergio Cordova was completed today. Of course Cordova led Real Salt Lake in scoring last season he has signed through the 2025 season with a Caps option for 2026 he's going to add some much needed size and speed up front Caps are big fans of his physical presence he had 11 goals and 34 appearances with Real Salt Lake last season the 25 year old will occupy a designated player and international spot on the Caps roster we will wait and see if he will suit up against his former club Saturday night when the Caps kick off the season at home at B.C. Place. Family Day matinee for the Abbotsford Canucks. at the San Jose Barracuda for the eighth and final time in the regular season. Will Lockwood, by the way, back in the lineup after being reassigned this morning. Spencer Martin, fourth straight start for Abbey, and he got lit up. I tell you, Family Day wasn't supposed to be a free pass day on defense. Where was everybody? William Eklund with his first of two. Power play goal right there. 7-2 final. Vancouver is in Nashville tomorrow. Cowboy and cowgirl afternoon. Valley West Stampede being saluted prior to the Giants hosting the Spokane Chiefs. Sam Honzik back in the lineup. Struck for a pair, but the Giants needed overtime to win it. Ty Thorpe's going to streak in on the breakaway. Backhand, forehand, 5 hole. Giants win 4-3. Honzik and Thorpe were your first and second stars of the game. Well, on Family Day, it's only fitting that we introduce you to BC boy and proud McBride native Tanner Molendike. Tanner is currently manning the blue line for the Saskatoon Blades. This summer, though, he's expected to go on either the first or second run of the NHL draft. And as you're about to find out, Molendike's family is an extended one that includes the towns and people of McBride, Velmont, and Kamloops. Back at the point is Molendike. Molendike. Skating in the CHL-NHL Top Prospects game last month was just the latest achievement for Tanner Mullendijk. Like all kids playing junior hockey, his goal is to hopefully skate in the NHL. But it's where Tanner began chasing the dream that will capture your imagination.
4: How would you describe McBride to people who have never been there or,
6: or even Googled it or, or seen it on a map?
4: I don't, I don't even know. A little small town with 200
11: people plus. I mean, there's not much there. I mean, one grocery store, and that's pretty much it. That's it. Keep
6: going. Tanner was lucky. He was always on the ice. Um, And that's mostly because, like McBride, the rink's always open. It's right there. Uh, We had parent and talk group, which no one really showed up for. Even if they did, they didn't care if Tanner, you know, brought a stick. The stick and skates basically became extended appendages. Didn't matter who Tanner was on the ice with, be it his dad or longtime McBride residents, he never wanted to leave. And when he did, he'd suit up his sister Paige to face a few shots. But the real challenge was having enough teammates to play alongside. Tanner and his family basically became their own traveling team, going from McBride to Velmont and then Kamloops in search of teams to play on and games to skate in meeting new friends and creating strong bonds along the way. It was endless
11: hours in the car. I mean, yeah, was, you have, we have many games now. we had played in the car where you'd find the license plate and name, name things after it. I mean, it was just that much time spent there. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it was lots of trips and it was lots of fun.
1: ...lips the pass, left wing side, Molendijk walking in on his forehand, wrist shot, pad save, a hey, rebound off the goal post.
6: Tanner's success is shared and enjoyed by everyone in every community who played a part in him making it this far. During the Saskatoon Blades visit through B.C., the extended Molendike family members were in the stands cheering them on, and they truly came from far and wide
4: to do so. They keep in touch with each other in these areas, like Tanner's playing in Kamloops. All the people that used to live in McBride, or maybe even Belmont. same way, they're out to watch him.
11: I mean, I had a lot of support growing up. I mean, I had people to lean on and help me throughout that. So, I mean, it's the same as any other person. They all have all of the challenge. And I think, I think that was mine, just living in a small town. But, I mean, there's also uh, stuff you get out of it, too. So, I mean, there's nothing to uh, say, say bad about that
6: place. And happy family day to the Mullendayke family, all of them, right across the province. Scotty's Tournament of Hearts from Kamloops draws seven this morning. Here's fellow Vancouver golf club member Katie Witt of Team BC. They were taken on New Brunswick. Clancy Grandy off. was trying to draw here but and too much weight. Still up three for New Brunswick. They shook hands after the eighth in. Can, uh, BC falls 8-2. They fall to 2-2 two two in A. Canada's Kerry Eindersen-Rink leads Poulet at 4-0. and oh one of the wildest cards we've ever
11: seen on the Freeride World Tour, 18 years old, out of the Whistler Freeride Club, Marcus Gogan.
6: Yep, 18 years old, and just watch him go. The Freeride World Tour, stop number three at Kicking Horse Mountain in Golden, BC. This is a 324-meter drop. A little backflip did the 360 to start his run, landed it all cleanly. Of course, the judging is about the difficulty of line you take, the control, the fluidity, jumps technique. Remember, we're talking 324 meters there. And Whistler's Marcus Gogan finishes second on the World Tour in Kicking Horse. Congratulations to him. Looks like he will qualify for the World Championships. 18 years young, and he's doing stuff like that on the free ride world tour. Love showing our BC athletes doing great things. Mind
2: blown. Huh? That's amazing. Uh-huh. Wow, wow. Thank you so much. You're welcome, my friend. Uh, listen, when we come back, when you're the new guy and your buddies have your back, stay with us.
9: Pink Shirt Day reminds us all to be kind, to lift each other up, to speak up for those who don't have a voice. The CKNW Kids Fund Pink Shirt Day, presented by Global BC and 980 CKNW. Visit our online store at pinkshirtday.ca.
2: Jordan Armstrong is here now with a preview of what's coming up on Global News at 11. Jordan.
11: Colleen, I'm here with good news for B.C. Ferries passengers. Earlier computer problems, which we told you about, that were causing lineups at Swartz Bay, have now been fixed. Of course, with strong wind and the forecast tonight and heavy snow on the mountain passes, we will be keeping an eye on the travel situation as well as power outages. Just check so far, no major outages to report, but of course, we'll have the latest on Global News at 11. So, All right. Colleen.
2: Thanks so much. A young Calgary hockey player has found a new passion, but getting there wasn't easy. Global's Cami Kepke now has more on how he's getting support from his fellow goaltenders. He's lacing up for the game he loves.
0: 11-year-old Harrison Markin is getting ready to hit the ice and show off his new skills.
13: Because I wanted to skate and be a good player and a strong player before I became a goalie.
0: Taking that next step felt overwhelming and intimidating. But with some reassurance from Calgary Hitman goaltenders Ethan Bonaventura and Braden Peters, the nerves melted away.
1: He was asking a lot of questions about being a goalie and um, I told him I was a younger goalie on my team and I told him that he should try it out.
0: Harrison has autism and plays superheroes hockey, an adaptive program for youth with visible and invisible disabilities. stop! His family is floored by how far he's
15: come.
4: More self-confidence, more uh, social skills. Just you know, things that we, people take for granted.
15: Nice shot!
4: It's, uh, there's no words to uh, describe it. Sorry.
0: Harrison's story struck a chord with another goalie, Riley Budd of the U15 North Stars.
4: I was told that there's a new goalie and he's really liking it. So. Right away I was like, that sticks with me because I've been there. I I remember when I was first starting, probably around his age.
0: Bud struck a deal with Enercorp, donating a dollar for every save he made this season and 10 bucks a shutout to help send Harrison to a Heroes Hockey Tournament in Ontario. The total raised nearly $650, but the company bumped it up to five grand. And on Monday, the trio hit the ice to celebrate.
2: They took shots on me and I made a lot of saves. (laughs) Made a glove save,
3: kick save, pad saves.
10: Harrison is such a good little dude. Uh, He had a good time out on the ice. Uh, He was making saves, shutting me and Ethan
4: down, that's for sure. Uh, So it was awesome getting to skate with him and meet him today.
13: Uh, I want to close that door.
4: Harrison is 100% part of the goalie club.
13: You're going
9: down.
0: The group plans to hold a goalie lunch as a special send-off before Harrison and his teammates head to the tournament in March. And Bud hopes to up the ante next season, with his sights set on raising $10,000 for the superheroes. Kami Kepke, Global Sports.
2: So lovely. Warms your heart. Mm. Unlike the weather.
9: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, It's going to be chilly. Uh, First off, though, very windy this evening. The potential's there for power outages. Uh, Still quite breezy as we get in towards our Tuesday for back to work and school. The blip in the forecast will be Wednesday. We could track the chance for some flurries. It'll be cold in the coming days and then start to warm up as we get in towards the weekend. But a bit of a mixed bag. First off the wind, we'll see a few showers and then we're looking at the potential for snow.
2: Wow, you've got it all right there. (laughs) Everything you could ever imagine. February, all in one. No kidding. All right, thank you. (laughs) And thanks for joining us. Hope you have a great night. Take care.